What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com, or if you're listening to this on any other podcast providers, or you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts especially, or checking out Podchaser, there's a few good ones right there. You can leave a review on those. That would really help a lot, and that's a very next level thing to do. And I would, of course, appreciate that. Feel free to tell me you did that, too, if you actually do it. All right. So we are into part three of the top 100 albums of the last decade. Very excited to get through this list here. And the hits just keep on coming, or at least the personal favorite hits of your pal Joey over here. And if this is your first episode, of course, go back to episode number 363, where you'll hear part one, and you can start from the beginning of the countdown, because why would you want to go out of order? I mean, the only thing that really makes sense is the fact that a lot of these albums are on equal ground, and if you heard me explain the point system that I did to get these records on the list, then, you know, number 100 almost doesn't differ too much from number 80. Just like a little, little bit. You know, we might hit an extra level probably around number 40. That's when it gets really crazy. But, you know, pretty much almost everything, like 100 through 40, is fairly unequal ground, I will say. That's not me qualifying, like, that this isn't a good list. I put this list in actual order. This is how I feel it. So we're going to kick off the show with this band right here. And I played you on the last episode, Scott Sorry. He's in the Wild Hearts family tree. Played on some of their very best albums as the bass player in that band. And I'm going to play you another band from the Wild Hearts family tree. This is going to happen quite a bit through this list here. And if you're not a Wild Hearts fan, I don't understand that. However, if you've never heard them, I think you're going to be turned on to some good bands here. There's a big family tree to be had, and I'm all in. So here's another one. This band is called Hey Hello, and uh, Ginger Wildheart put this band together as a means to, you know, probably sort of in a sense to do kind of like what X did back in the day, and a few other really cool bands where you have the male-female co-lead vocal there. And uh, definitely made for some really good extreme uh, power metal pop, as he does with the crazy arrangements. This one's definitely more pop and girl-friendly, the Hey Hello Project. But as Diamond Dave would say, nothing wrong with that. And uh, I don't think there was anything wrong with it either. They have two records out. This is the latest one right here. The album is simply called Hey Hello 2. Yes. 
Body bags, too. Okay. It came out on October 21st of 2016. No producer credit. I'm assuming it's at least self-produced by Ginger and someone else was the engineer on it. Not a lot of info on it. That happens sometimes with those records. They just put them out and there's not a lot of credits. I wasn't able to get a physical copy of this. I just had to settle for a download. I missed the boat on the pre-order and all that, so I suck. I'm pretty good about it usually, but I definitely slept on this one, sadly. There was a lot of controversy involving the recording of this album because there were uh, uh, Victoria, who was the co-lead singer in the band on the first album, left the band during the recording of the album and all her vocals got replaced by this one woman. Then Ginger didn't like her or something happened and so he wound up finishing the album with a handful of different female lead vocalists. So I thought the album was not going to be very good, but I was wrong because it was still in good hands, even despite the slightly disjointed uh, effort that was the studio version. If you just listen to this album on the surface, you wouldn't know any of that. That's kind of what the problem is nowadays. We know too much. I think we do, honestly. But anyway, let's get into the music. Yes, kicking off part three of the top 100 albums of the decade, and coming in at number 80 overall, Hey Hello, from the Hey Hello 2 record with All Around the World.
from the album Hey Hello 2. That was Hey Hello with All Around the World. Uh, you can check that out uh, pretty much as a download at this point. You can try over on roundrecords.com and at least buy directly from them for sure. Round Records, I believe, is Ginger's label. I don't know if someone else owns it, but all of the Ginger and Wild Heart stuff comes out on Round Records. That's round-records.com. Definitely a site that I've given a lot of my money to. All right. No regrets. No regrets. Uh, yeah, another neat factoid about that is that the album cover uh, shows a cute pink bunny holding a uh, board with a nail on it behind its back with blood dripping on it or something like that. That was drawn by Frank Kozik, because of course it was. Any alternative rock concert poster in the 90s was probably done at some point by Frank Kozik. You've seen his stuff, trust me. All right. Yeah, a little art there for you. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of art, this guy right here is a true artist. And uh, he probably honestly could have had more entries in the top 100. I actually cut some of his albums off for that reason. I did that with a few artists. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this guy just pretty much always brings it. Doesn't ever put out a blah album, in my opinion. And that's Devin Townsend. So yeah, Devin Townsend. And this is actually a shared entry, really. And I'll tell you why that makes sense and why I'm not cheating. Uh, because I was able to actually go into a store at some point during this decade and buy a physical CD copy of a Devin Townsend project album called Z2. And the release of Z2, it's a double CD, but it features two completely different full-length albums. So since it was purchased as one right out of the gate, I'm going to say that this is a shared entry for that release. That being said, it's really hard to play something off of the first album of the two-parter, uh, the album Dark Matters, Really, really cool record that I think you should definitely hear. Uh, I'm either going to completely sell this to you or completely turn you off of this. But Dark Matters is a conceptual space metal sci-fi rock opera uh, about an alien that comes to Earth and uh, then wackiness ensues. So, yeah, that's Dark Matters. That's one half of the Z2 album. So if that excites you at all... Go check that out. I, I dig it. It definitely works like a radio drama with metal music attached to it. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> somebody's going to love that. I love it. And uh, the second half of Z2 is, I'm going to play something off of that. The album is called Sky Blue. Sky Blue is definitely a more straight-ahead Devin Townsend project album. And I, I love how, like, it's heavy, but it's also, uh, I call it heavy mellow. He's one of the only guys that can do this and, and pull it off. So yeah, it's like, it's heavy, but it kind of reminds me of like if Alan Parsons was more of a hard rock fan. So it's, but I love that. I mean, just the fact that I can give an album that kind of a review, I think that's a win. So I said all that to play you at least one song from this double CD called Z2. And so this is off the Sky Blue record officially. And this song is called Midnight Sun.
right, there you go. One of Canada's finest right there, Devin Townsend. I just realized I've at least known about him or have heard his stuff uh, since round about 1993. When that's damn near 30 years. That's crazy. So uh, if you remember this album, and you may not remember that it was actually him singing on it, Devin Townsend got his huge first big break singing as the lead vocalist for the band Vi, which was Steve Vi's venture into having like a band with a vocalist on it. So there you go. I mean, guys that learn at the helm of people like that go on to do great things, much in the same way that Vi did coming from the world of Frank Zappa and David Lee Roth. Uh, you know, it seems like that was kind of what happened there. Devin Townsend, huge talent. It's almost too much talent. <laughs> it's almost too good. You'll hear from Devin later on in the countdown under a completely different name entirely. But until then, we're going to go to something completely different. Oh, and by the way, oh crap, before I get to the next thing. God, I got to start looking down at my notes. I'm not used to doing that. This was technically the Devin Townsend Project's sixth studio album. I guess sixth and seventh. And then... 22 total studio albums that Devin Townsend has put out if you include his solo stuff under his own name the project name and strapping young lad so that guy's been busy for the last uh, damn near 30 years so there you go all right so the next thing we're going to get into is something completely different this next run of songs here uh, go pretty well with each other so much so that I'm actually going to delay the halftime show until almost at the end of the show because this all makes sense, and I'm going to need a really good transition coming up later. You'll understand. All right, so the next one here. This was a really cool entry from 2018. came out officially on June 29th of 2018, and I played you Rancid on the last show. This band definitely got a lot of help from Rancid. Uh, they actually do like all the background vocals on this album as uh, along with the band and that's kind of how I initially heard about them and the other cool thing about it is I kind of heard about this band last out of the entire CNJ of CNJ. So like Chris was already a fan, Nola was already a fan and they kept telling me about this band I kept blowing it off but then when I finally heard them I was like well, god damn it so it's one of those things you know. But uh, yeah I'm glad I finally showed up to the party here for uh, the Interrupters. And uh, it's just a super cool, fun record. I, uh, you know, I, along with everything else on this damn list, uh, love it and I recommend it. And uh, let's just get to it. Here's a really fun track. This was kind of like the single that they used, you know, if they ever actually got any radio play, which it definitely came from more of a satellite uh, feed than anything else. But uh, you should hear it if you've never heard it. It's, it's kind of what sold me on them as well. So check it out. My Gateway. This is The Interrupters with She's Kerosene. You know she gonna burn down everything She an arsonist in a pastime And I've been burned for the last time Time, 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 whoa I've been burned for the last time Time, 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 whoa I've been burned for the last time It started out like any other morning The sky was red, he took it as a warning Beans out. 
She's Kerosene off of the album Fight the Good Fight. Go pick that one up. It's a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, next thing right here, number 77, an album that came out on June the 1st of 2012 or 2012, done by one of the greatest live bands on the damn planet. If I was putting together a short list like a festival, I would definitely put this band on here. I, I feel bad for any band that has to follow them, and I've seen bands try to do it before. But man, they are just the most live. Uh, I'm talking about the Hives. You know, the Hives. Uh, you know, it's they've been around for quite a bit. They've been around a little over 20 years now, which makes me feel terribly old. But uh, they have only managed to put out five studio albums in that time. So it's really easy to get caught up with the catalog right now. So don't be too intimidated by their tenure. Uh, This is their fifth and most recent album, Lex Hives, and uh, no shortage of fun tracks on here. And uh, I I believe they actually played this when we saw them last year at Punk Rock Bowling. Uh, Just my favorite song on the album. Every time I hear it, it stays in my brain for at least a week. Love this chorus, and hopefully you will too, and it'll just get embedded in your head now as well. This is The Hives with Patrolling Days. Waited far too long for this day to dawn. My position with an X and gets on and on. Now I'm stretching on. All the puzzles are gone. Once again, it's time to reap it. So I'm a rising tide, going close to ride. We're just a jogging ride into the fun. I will be denied. So you won't go wide, cause I'm only looking out for you. Show the half kids out of dance 
Especially love about that song is it actually can picture Pele, Halle Bayway, Omquist, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, greatest frontman out there right now. I can just picture him doing his different poses where he just points in different directions when he does every sentence from that chorus. And that's what a good song will do. It'll make you think of things like that. So there you go, The Hives, Patrolling Days from Lex Hives. Go check it out. All right, moving on here to another badass band right here. Kind of found out about this band roughly around the same time the Hives were really making it. And this was one of those bands initially people kept coming up to me and I kept hearing the name. And I think I've told a story similar to this on different episodes before. But it's one of those bands where you ever have people recommend stuff to you because you're a music person and you're just like... And you hear it and you're like, man, you don't know me at all. Like you almost get insulted. Like when people were recommending Wolf Mother to me a decade ago. It's like, fuck you. But, yeah, you know, or like, you know, Joey, you'd love Dragon Force. And, yeah, they're fine. They're they're super talented, but it's almost like a parody of... Anyway, okay, so let's move on here. So I was recommending this band a lot, and I was like, okay, you know, whatever, and fine. I listened to them, and I was like, well, damn, that's really good. So this is one of those exceptions to that rule that people were right about me when they were recommending this. I know it's stupid to, like, you know, take those things personally. I really don't. Uh, but yeah, the Bronx, man. The Bronx, killer rock and roll band's been around um, pretty much almost 20 years now as well. And they've put out, uh, I believe, eight total albums. Five under the name The Bronx and three under their Mediace, uh, you know, side thing, Mediace El Bronx. So that's a neat little gimmick to have right there. And they're really good at the Mediace, uh, I gotta say. So if you're ever in the mood for that, you know, put on that. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to play, of course, the rock side of the Bronx. Uh, and it's always easy with these guys. It's uh, They used to just do self-titled albums, and you would just be like, okay, that's the first one, that's the second one. And now they're doing the thing where they actually number the records. So it's like, oh, yay, thanks. Thanks for doing that. So this is from the Bronx 4, now that came out on February 5th, 2013, produced by Bo Birchall. And uh, this is a killer track right here. This will make you want to buy this album for sure. 
that's, you know, any of these songs I pick for this countdown. That's obviously the idea here. So here you go. Turn this one up. Bronx, along for the ride. Come along with me. such a cool sound right there you know they're like known kind of as a dirty punk band but man they know how to make some bright sounding music when they want to and and that's all i can really describe it as is bright like uh just super cool and catchy so there you go the Bronx, along for the ride from the Bronx four you may be hearing from them later on on this countdown as well but until then let's get to the next one here much like we did at the top of the show we are going back to the Wildhearts family tree with the great CJ Wildheart, longtime second guitar player for the Wildhearts. And CJ, he's just a cool guy, man. I've heard him in interviews, like on the Rock and Roll Geek Show and places like that. And, uh, you know, I bought directly from him the records. And, you know, even though there was like no indication that they would be signed, and uh, I ordered all of his solo albums and they showed up signed. I thought that was really cool. He just kind of tore off a little bit of the front of the cellophane, his signature. So, yeah, next level. And so, yeah, I will support any project that C.J. Waller does. It's one of those things where, well, I already wanted to hear it, but I was just glad that it delivered. 
in, in both ways. That guy, you know, like, Ginger definitely gets the credit for being the mad genius of the Wild Hearts and definitely not taking anything away from Ginger. But when you hear CJ solo stuff, you're like, wow. Like, if that wasn't already in you, this band has really rubbed off on you. And uh, his uh, CJ stuff is like a little more pop, but it's still got that great rock, hard rock edge to it. So I just dig it. And of course, there's a lot of cool punk influence on there as well. There's a little bit of everything. Everything that's great about English rock and roll is all in the mix when it comes to anything Wild Hearts, really. And that's why they make albums that I want to listen to, almost no matter what name they're under. So this comes off CJ's first solo album under the actual name CJ Wildheart, although there was a, a first solo album under a band named CJ and the Satellites. But like I said, first one under his name, the album was called Mabel, and uh, it's got a chicken on the cover because <laughs> he, like, raises chickens on his farm and it's like a chicken you can see the uh, skeleton inside the chicken it's actually a really well done drawing so he always has interesting album covers uh so yeah that's all i gotta say about that and here's one of my favorite tracks from mabel this is vitriol cj wildheart with vitriol off of his album mabel and uh, i don't have an actual release date for that it came out sometime in 2014 and it's self-produced i know uh, i think i heard he has his own in-home studio as well so that thing is 
badass for sure because all three of his albums sound excellent and you'll probably be hearing some more of those later on in the countdown okay all right this next one here is kind of the culmination release of a couple of albums that you've already heard earlier on in the countdown and you know back in the day like uh duet albums were a big deal like especially like in country music you know they'd have like the uh conway twitty loretta lynn albums and you know and of course also like you know in, in soul you had the marvin Gaye and tammy terrell stuff but yeah duet albums are kind of a lost art form there's not a whole lot of them around you know there's been a few of them you know in rock you know here and there but not very many i mean i couldn't even make a full show on that which is why i haven't yet but maybe at some point that'll you know be a thing but i'm talking like a full realized studio album with two different artists from two different bands usually like a male and a female doing something together and this album definitely would in our household especially this would have been built up to the moon and we would just hope it would deliver i think this album actually over delivered from even what i was expecting just a super fun album and it's completely re-listenable i've actually listened to it quite a few times since i bought it over the last year so this was a uh, duet album between uh, Jarrett reddick and kelly ogden from the dolly rots simply called Jarrett and kelly and uh you know like i said if you know anything about bowling for soup and the dolly rots you know that you can expect fun and you can on this one too uh, a lot of songs about relationships and whatnot which is interesting because they're in their own separate very successful relationships but they're able to write you know about something that people can relate to still and i think that's why the album is such a success and this is one of the funnier songs on the album too off the album jared and kelly sitting in a tree this is make her miserable honest we could we could get a maid okay and you know i mean i can cook burritos sure all we gotta do to make her miserable is get together all right there you go make her miserable from Jarrett and kelly sitting in a tree you know the rest. Uh, that album came out on March 22nd of last year, 2019, produced by a longtime associate of Bowling for Soup, Linus of Hollywood. He's done a lot of stuff with that band, but uh, yeah, successful partnership all over. And seeing those two bands play back-to-back on different shows, 
It's always a good idea to see that bill. So if you ever see Bowling for Soup and the Dolly Rots in town, go see them. It's a guaranteed great time. Let's make that happen again. All right. As promised earlier in the show, I'm, and also because the next track is such a hard transition, number one, and number two, it's also long. So... I think this is a good time for me to yak a little bit more and, you know, do the thing that I do on all the halftime shows during this top 100 records list of the last decade. Gonna get into some stuff that just missed the list. And nothing wrong with these albums, they just didn't make the cut, but I would still recommend you listening to them at some point here. Uh, So we're going through the year 2012 this time, of course, leading up to all the years in the decade. So yeah, some stuff that missed out. Uh, Testament, Dark Roots of Earth, a really respectable release by them. Testament really doesn't have a whole lot of bad records, and I usually like all the albums about three quarters good. So yeah, check out Dark Roots of Earth. A lot of cool bonus tracks on that as well. Uh, Lita Ford's Living Like a Runaway, really cool personal album, and I really enjoyed it. I'm glad to see Lita out there making records again and touring again, and it's it's definitely better that she's out there right now. I'm making up for lost time. And this one hurt to cut off because I really enjoy this album. If you're any kind of fan of power pop, uh, it's something else. Rick Springfield. Yes, Rick Springfield, Songs for the End of the World. I really wanted to put this on the list just strictly so I could play I Hate Myself, which is probably my favorite Rick Springfield song now at this point. Go look up that song, Rick Springfield, I Hate Myself. I'll try to work it in on the show again at some point here and there. Uh, Night Flight Orchestra, their first album, Internal Affairs. Now, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier in the show where uh, I made some cuts just strictly off the fact that, you know, some of these bands and artists are on this top 100 multiple times. So in this case, I actually did do that pretty much. And there's nothing wrong with the album. I think it ranked damn near close to 90 points. But it's one of those things where I got it kind of late in the decade and I didn't spend as much time with it as I probably would have. And I definitely didn't spend as much time with it as I did their other albums, which obviously will probably fit into the mix here at some point on the countdown. But it's still a really solid debut. And Night Floyd Orchestra is definitely one of my favorite quote unquote new bands of the last decade just played you jared and kelly uh jared did a side band with ryan hamilton called people on vacation and just really good catchy stuff and that one really broke my heart to pull them off the top 100 but we saw them live a couple of times and uh, they have one full length and one ep out and hopefully at some point they'll do some more stuff but it seems like both of those guys are kind of doing their own thing now but it was fun while it lasted one of my other big surprises of the year and probably just missed out was uh bruno mars man bruno mars is legit yeah he's big time and he's top 40 and everything but he puts out some very listenable albums i listened to all of his albums this decade his best one if you're gonna start with one or pick one out definitely unorthodox jukebox is probably the most cohesive of his albums and uh, the guy's got a great sensibility of old school and he understands that it was you know r&b was better uh before his time so he's just trying to bring it out so we should support that. Love Bruno. Uh, Garbage. Yeah, they, they put out an album called Not Your Kind of People. It was their comeback album for this decade. So happy that they're back. And it's a, it's a good record. It's probably not as good as their initial albums. So it, and probably a lot of my nostalgia for the older albums probably hurt it a little bit. But it's still really good. The production is always top-notch because, you know, the rest of the guys in Garbage are all producers. So makes sense. They better sound good. Uh, A couple other good ones, and we'll get back to the show. Some that I caught real later in the decade, but uh, really fun. Uh, Kurt Baker combo, brand new beat. I've played him on the show already. 
uh, great sense of power pop, an old school garage rock, just uh, good stuff. Kurt Baker combo, brand new beat, Death by Unga Bunga. Uh, guys out of uh, Sweden, I think, or the Netherlands, something like that. I, I should know this, but uh, yeah, I think they're Swedish. But the album, the kids are up to no good. Uh, pretty good one right there. A little early on in their career, so they're really starting to get a little better. So not enough to make the top 100, but still definitely worth checking out. Doug Pinnock, uh, he put out a solo album, Doug Pinnock of King's X. He has a solo album called Naked. Very good. Doug did so many things this last decade, none of them being new King's X albums. But yeah, just speaking of Doug right now, uh, you could go through a lot of things that he put out in the last 10 years. Like I said, no King's X probably something i'm going to talk about on other future halftime shows but i'm running long here uh teenage bottle rocket freak out that's a cool record i like teenage bottle rocket uh probably one of the better pop punk bands out there a little bit of extra edge to them and, and they can be funny at times i like them and uh madness who's been back putting out new records uh you know over the last 20 years after not putting them out for a while and they had a, an album called Wee Wee cckk or something like that it's like a soccer chant or something uh, but yeah, love me some madness. Okay, that's enough talking about albums that didn't make the cut for the top 100 of this last decade. According to me, let's get back to some of the ones that did. And now you see why I did the halftime show after the Jarrett and Kelly track. To get into this one right here, uh, Arkansas's finest metal band. Uh, first one I ever heard of, at least, that was just metal. And coming out of Arkansas, of all places, uh, this band, Paul Bear. Uh, they, if you are a doom metal fan, this is your new favorite band. You need to check them out. These guys can play. These guys can definitely put some songs together because most of their songs are really long. So it's not prog if it's doom because it's going slow and it's not difficult stuff to play, but I'm sure your memory has to be really, really sharp to play in a band like this. I don't know how they do it, but I saw them live and they definitely pull it off. They remember every note somehow. So you'll see what I mean by this, the song I'm about to play. This is off of their latest album, Heartless. So coming in at number 73, this is Paul Bearer with I Saw the End.
right there you go from their third studio album that was paul bearer from the heartless album with the song i saw the end that album came out on march 24th of 2017 so since that's their latest album they're definitely overdue for a new album in my opinion so hopefully there'll be one coming out soon that was so cool when i saw him i saw him over at a place called club clearview which actually just got torn down or they at least closed down uh, over this last summer over in dallas and it was a cool local rock club that was just a great night man i got great memories of that and i can go ahead and say this now because uh, they're closed uh, so one of my old uh, buddies that I used to work with at the old record store, this guy Sean, we call him the Rev. Uh, I always kid him that he looks like Bowser from Shanana because he's like a, a punk rock version of Bowser. Uh, but he's the man, and I worked with him for years at the record store. Super fun, sarcastic guy, and I see him out and about on Facebook. But uh, what happened was I knew that uh, Logan and Randy, Randy Brown from the Synaptic, were going to go to that show as well. And also, added bonus, that our friends Pinkish Black were opening up that night. So, of course, this was a can't miss. But the cool thing is, is that I know that Randy and Logan paid to get in, and... Sean saw me out there and he just kind of waved me in. I was like, well, thanks, dude. And I guess because he just hadn't seen me at a lot of these shows. So it's kind of like, okay, you get this one. And so I definitely made it up to Paul Bear by buying some merch that night. I bought a couple of things of merch that, that night, plus a shirt. So I did the right thing. And it was just cool, like I said, hanging out with Darren and John from Pinkish Black, Logan and Randy being there. And then I ran into my old uh, assistant manager from CD Warehouse, this guy Brian, uh, Brian Tomerlin. He's awesome. And so it was like a family reunion that night. That's a family reunion I can get down with. Uh, so, yeah, just great memories right there. So when I hear those songs, as kind of downtrodden and sad as they are, it kind of makes me think of that. And it puts me in a good mood. So I'm probably one of the few people that listen to Paul Bear and it actually puts him in a good mood. But yeah, I hope you liked it. I hope you're in a good mood listening to this show because we're actually going to stick with like the serious shit. This is more serious topical shit. The music is definitely more high energy for sure. And I definitely legitimately cannot do a top 100 albums of the decade without featuring something by this man right here. And I'm really glad that he fit in and he served up enough points on one of his records to get in on the list here. Uh, Charles Bradley, the now late great Charles Bradley. I did a whole show on him when he passed away, so go look it up. Uh, and I played 10 amazing songs by this guy, including this one that I'm about to play. Uh, but this is one of those guys I found out about him. It just showed up out of nowhere. I don't know how. I think it's just because I follow Sharon Jones also on social media. So at one point I finally saw an advertisement like, hey, the new Charles Bradley record's out. And I'm like, I've never heard of him. But it looks like he's been doing this a long time. So I checked it out. Love it first listen. Turns out he hadn't been doing this a long time. So go look up the documentary, Charles Bradley, uh, The Voice of America, or The Soul of America. It's one of those. But go look up the Charles Bradley documentary, and it's an eye-opener. It's it's pretty great and sad, tragic, uh, but also heartwarming at the same time. Uh, this is a guy, you definitely hear the James Brown influence. You hear the Otis Redding influence. This guy could have hung back in the day with any of those icons. So he's an icon to me, and he'll forever live on, uh, even with this minuscule amount of catalog that he has here. Three full-length studio albums plus an album of rarities. That's all we got. But this is from his debut album called No Time for Dreaming. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this was the first song anybody ever heard by this guy. And how could you not be a fan after this? So here's Charles Bradley with The World is Going Up in Flames. 
Coming in at number 72. I'm trying to get my inner Casey Kasem going on there. But you can't get me hyped up like Casey once we come from a, you know, a, an up-tempo goddamn number here. But anyway, okay. So that was Charles Bradley with The World Is Going Up In Flames from his album No Time For Dreaming. His debut album that came out on January 25th of 2011. Hope you enjoyed that. If you don't love Charles Bradley, you might not have a soul. You might want to look into that. That album was produced by Thomas Brennick, who actually co-wrote the majority of the album with Charles and was in his band. I believe he's the guitar player in the Meand Street Band. All right, moving on to something else entirely. We're going to get back into the metal, but a different kind of metal than Paul Bear, even though this band could definitely be pretty downtrodden. But I got to say... I've said this a lot about this band over the years, and I still think it's true. Uh, They definitely get a little taken for granted in this sense, but uh, they talk about a lot of bands that came out in the 90s, especially hard rock and metal bands, and a lot of them were just kind of part of a scene or part of like a certain wave of sound. But And I think that the Deftones, who I'm going to play here next, actually got uh, unfairly pigeonholed as a new metal band, and I think that's wrong. Yeah, there were some... You know, there's some hip-hop influence on the first album. And yes, they do have a DJ in their band that plays, you know, like these crazy loops and buried within the music. But that's the thing, is that he's not up there, you know, he's not up there scratching it. He's adding something to, like, the mood of the album. So it's, it's a band that's hard to explain in the sense I think they actually created their own genre. Like, completely. They have a completely original sound. And yeah, of course, now over the years, it's been over 25 years since they debuted, which also makes me feel old. But, you know, a lot of bands are going to try to copy this band. They're never going to get this band right. There's just certain bands you can't replicate. And it's going to sound like I'm like this huge fan club, fanboy guy the Deftones. I'm really not. I really like a lot of their stuff. About half of their catalog is really good. And there's just some albums that I'm like, well, they're just kind of mailing it in. They're just not for me. But this album right here was their best album of the decade by far diamond eyes was pretty good but koino yoken was so good it was definitely a next level record for them and yes that is a, a japanese uh, title right there koi no yoken it actually thank you wikipedia this actually translates to premonition of love so yeah this album came out on november 12th of 2012 produced by nick Rascalinux, there's that name again. You've heard him on this countdown already. That guy has got an ear, man. Let me tell you. If you're putting out an album nowadays, you should call that guy. I think he's in Nashville. A lot of people, a lot of podcasters are from Nashville, or at least the Tennessee area. So if you know a band that's got a few bucks, call that guy. Nick Rascalinux. And you'll see why right here. This one right here, I call it pure musical flight. There's a term that people like to use that, like in R&B and pop. But this is pure flight. We got to adopt this into rock and roll. And you'll know what I mean right here. Uh, When I heard this song, I was like, this is brilliant. This is going to make you want to get the album for sure. And it's a solid album. But this is the best song on the album. So here's a Deftones coming in at number 71 with Entombed.
of our top 100 albums of the last decade coming in at number 71 that was Deftones from the album Koi Nayokin with the song Entombed I played that years ago on the show because it was one of those songs when I first heard I'm like I gotta build a show around this so because the song is called Entombed I did a whole show where I just did songs by bands where the song titles are actually the names of other bands whether they meant it or not so There you go, Entombed, Deftones. Hope you like that. All right, I have talked enough on this episode, and I want to get to part four. Part four for you guys will be coming out within the next day or two. I've been trying to put these out pretty much every other day, so I hope you're digging them. Please leave all the feedback, and to let you know how to do all that, here's Nola with the plugs. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cat Willow an extra treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only, for now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows. 
including The Wrestling Hell Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure, Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. <laughs>